Here's Billy Forbes. Maybe an opportunity. Here's Lopez to put it away. Redemption for San Antonio. But this might be brought back. They are not playing advantage. Instead, it's a red card to Leonardo. Oh, huge play in the last knockings. Forbes was free. Not only this, not only this, Forbes stays in the play. So that was the end to the match between San Antonio and Orange County in Irvine. A little bit controversial. There was a lot of questioning going on on social media last night, and we're here to discuss that. We'll also talk a few other things in this episode. We brought some friends along. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. One, two, Godoy. He's found a great ball into Voltsin. Plenty of time. He smashes it off and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas into Voltsin. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there. Crosses it. Pineda, the extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and parrying aside. Well taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal! And it's gone in! An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore soccer cast and on facebook at orange and black soccer cast how's it going orange county welcome to another episode of the orange and black soccer cast the first and only podcast dedicated to orange county soccer club its fans and supporters i'm your host ray samora and i am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things orange county soccer club Joining me as he does each and every episode, even early on a Sunday morning, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are you doing this morning? I'm pretty good. Um, thankfully, I didn't have the the recap to do. That was Alan's job, so I didn't stay up too late after I sent that in. But definitely a little bit earlier than I normally get up on a Sunday morning. I, I probably would say, at least for me, I, I, I'm not going to answer for everyone else, but yeah, definitely earlier than normal for me as well. Um, also joining us, the person that actually did do the recap. Uh, I don't know if it was difficult, easy or whatnot, but we've got Alan down in San Diego. Alan, how's it going? Good. I'm actually in San Jose right now. Uh, I am at a California Teachers Association event, so I have meetings all day, so Thank you for meeting a little bit earlier on my behalf. Um, it was a inter- incredibly frustrating game, but I'm sure we'll talk all about it uh, in a bit. Oh, we will. We definitely will. Uh, before we get into that, though, we got a couple guests along that are going to help us with our match preview for the, the midweek match coming up. Uh, our first guest I'll introduce is our uh, reigning runner-up for guest of the year on the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. That's John Macaluso from 1868 Weekly. John, welcome back to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. It's nice to uh, it's nice to have you all back as co-hosts on my second show. <laughs> so thank you all. <laughs> you know, it's 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 awesome when we can get you on, and I'm I'm grateful or I'm I'm ecstatic that this timing where we're doing the super early Sunday morning recording mm-hmm. actually worked out for you because I know you got a lot of stuff going on on your calendar 
which sometimes makes it difficult to, to schedule you on as a guest and welcome you back. But you're always welcome to join us whenever you have the opportunity. Appreciate it. Happy to be here, man. Um, also, uh, along to help us out with the uh, upcoming Reno match preview, uh, John's partner in crime up there in Reno with 1868 Weekly, and that's Brad Polanski. Brad, uh, how is your hair ready for this uh, this upcoming week? Yeah, it's a little early, so I'm not going to show it off today. Uh, but we'll see how my voice holds up from last night's uh, schlobber knocker of a match against LA Galaxy 2. And we'll, and we'll let you guys uh, to talk, uh, Brad and uh, John, if you guys want to talk briefly about that match here uh, as we get into it. We will definitely do that. Hopefully your voice can hold up to what, what happened there or all the fun yelling you did as a fan out there in the city called Carson where the LA Galaxy to play. Uh, but before we do that, we do got to talk about the match that happened in Irvine for Orange County. Uh, and that match was Orange County hosting San Antonio, two teams that have been struggling so far in the season. And I think you could tell from the final scoreline and sort of from the results on the pitch, still two teams that just can't find their way uh, and figure things out. They drew in San Antonio. Now they draw in Irvine and they're both sitting outside of the playoff table. Uh, so Orange County versus San Antonio, a nil-nil draw. In the end, there was some excitement, controversy, depending on what side you're on. It was really difficult to tell what happened. You saw the highlights there at the very beginning of the episode here. Let me get to you, Dylan, because you were actually at the stadium. Give us your brief you know, impressions of what happened in that match. Um, I basically think that like the two teams didn't really do too much for the first half. Um, I think, as always, we lacked that last pass in the box or that last touch to get us a goal. Um, I thought Forrester played well for 30 minutes. Um, there was a point where he he uh, deked one of his defenders, got a little bit of space, and then had a had an opportunity to shoot from the top of the box, and then decided to take two more touches and blast it off of someone's shins and lose possession. Um, and that kind of sums up how the offense went for this game. Um, not a lot of opportunities, or maybe one arose, and then it just didn't work out. Walker Hume missed a header, and you know, it's it's those little things that, that don't work out. Uh, later in the game, Darwin Jones had a cross that went a little bit too close to goal, but not close enough to maybe sneak into the basket post because he'd, he'd beaten Cardone on it. So um, it's basically the same issue that we've been having all year, and I think everyone's acknowledging that. And um, I think the players are pretty frustrated last night. Um, I think... Some of the ownership and the, uh, Oliver, the GM, they're a little bit frustrated, but I think they've got faith that things are going to turn around. I think they realize that at, at this point, um, at a game like this, sometimes it is just luck that doesn't go your way. Um, that that last pass doesn't always come off. And, you know, when your strikers aren't in form and you, you get guys going down with injuries, um, you just kind of got a hope for a point in a really busy uh, run of games. And, and that's what this was. And hopefully it means we can pick up a couple more. Awesome. And, and what do we think of Dylan's early Sunday morning voice there? You can tell he was at a soccer match last night, just probably woke up right before we got started here. Uh, Alan, what about you? You, you know, you were covering the match. You actually wrote the recap for the match on this. What are your uh, impressions of what happened out there on the pitch and in, in, in a few words? Yeah, I have to agree. Um, there was a Michael Seaton strike, like 
cute little outside of the boot and Matt Cardone just managed to somehow find it with some kind of reflective, like just reflexes and just punched it just wide. Uh, I think that was our best shot of the night. Um, Cardone had a couple of good saves. It's frustrating not to be able to get one in, especially with the talent that's on the pitch. Um, you want them to be patient and you want them to build up. And I think if you watch it back on ESPN plus, they even talk about it, how they mix it up, but they're much more successful when it's a little bit more patient. But then at the end of the game, you feel like you need to get it forward. You need to get it forward. You need to get it forward. And there was for the end of the game. I thought they gave the ball away too easily toward the end, just kind of trying to pump it deep. And there's like nobody there. It's like, now that you've wasted two minutes, if you're going to waste those two minutes. You might as well have some type of build up play. Um, incredibly frustrated. Um, the play at the end, uh, I know San Antonio fans are frustrated and they feel like they've been robbed, but it's, I mean, it's the right call. Uh, you, you don't feel good about it because, uh, you know, you, you definitely don't want your, it felt like some of those fouls where you foul the guy in order to keep a goal from coming, from happening. Um, like, a, and then you get a shootout in hockey or something and, and in soccer, you pull the goal back. Because uh, Frank Lopez was definitely offside, um, that AR on the right hand side definitely made the right call, and you know it, it's terrible, and you feel bad for San Antonio fans because you would be livid if that had happened to your team. Uh, but day after things are calmer, it's definitely the right choice. Uh, it was a frustrating way to end the game for both sides, I'm sure. And you play 180 minutes, and you get zero goals. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure both teams are are not exactly excited about either of those results. Yeah, no, definitely. And like you said, it's sort of disappointing when you go that whole game, uh, two matches between these two teams, and there's no score whatsoever. Uh, that call at the end of the match, the, the, the questionability on that call comes because there's not really a great camera angle to see what happened and you do not see the AR. So a lot of fans, myself included are looking at it. It looks like they're calling it back because of the red card, which is the absolute wrong call in there. Uh, Dylan at the stadium saw that the, the AR actually did have his flag up. So that's the call, but it's one of those things also when you have the uh, USL and you have these offsite broadcast, the announcers are not at the stadium. They're, you know, on a remote stream or whatever, calling the match. So they can't even see what's going on other than what we all see on the screen. So it makes it very difficult for any clarification. A few key things that I saw in the match, Orange County, again, was attempting more than anything else to play the ball over the top instead of trying to build up play, which has become a little bit of a frustration uh, on the season. Also, uh, you know, I think this is now like the third time Walker Hume has sort of swung and missed on a kick, which other times has led to damage. This time it gets saved by an offside call, but uh, there's some opportunity for question there and what, what he's doing on some of those plays, misjudging the ball. Um, so frustrating match in the end, Orange County has a point thanks to what happened there at the very end. Uh, and Better than having zero points in the match, I guess, but it's not what fans wanted with a San Antonio team coming into Orange County, into Irvine. They've been struggling a bit this season, so you expect to be able to come away with the full three points in that match. Uh, I think all three of us said last week we we are expecting a victory for Orange County. Doesn't happen. Uh, but one point is better than zero, I guess, so we'll go with that. Uh, for those of you watching the live stream on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, uh, we do have the highlights going courtesy of USL 
uh, championship. So uh, that is there uh, if you're watching the live stream. I'm going to go to uh, uh, John because you got to watch sort of that play that that was the controversial play at the end of the match. Uh, do you see what San Antonio fans were seeing or do you see what uh, we've been discussing here this morning when you see that? I think I definitely see a lot of the frustration from the San Antonio fans. Um, the linesman in the replay, at least the replay that I was able to find on YouTube, was uh, the linesman was nowhere to be found. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't far to the right. He wasn't far to the left. So I think it's, you know, it's you guys, Orange County fans can kind of, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's just when it when it comes down to it, it's something that looked like it definitely should have been a goal. But uh, but. I guess that's lucky for Orange County fans, a little bit less lucky for San Antonio fans. It happens. It's sports. It happens in every sport. You know, calls calls go different ways than maybe they should. Um, that, that's, you know, just what I've gathered. And that was about five minutes of thought here, guys. So that, <laughs> that's just that's just what I've got for you. <laughs> And I'm going to just throw this question out to, to Brad because you're hanging out there. I don't know if you got to actually watch that that clip. But one of our recurring themes on our show a lot this season, and I think even past season, is questioning calls made by the refs out on the pitch. Is that something that you guys experience out there in Reno as far as uh, maybe some bad calls or some frustrating calls as fans? I'm, I'm not asking like, you know, you're a fan and the call went against you because that should have happened. I'm saying where it's just a blatant wrong call by the ref that impacts uh, a game for for the fans and for the players and the teams. Yeah, we've had two or three up in Reno at least this year. Although not to the extent of what like the six or seven that you guys have had this year. Um, I also got to watch the highlight from yesterday's game, and the one thing that I noticed is just it's it all comes down to that camera work, like you were saying. Um, when the red card is being given out, you know it's not within the frame of the picture until after he has the red card waved, So you can't see the ref before, before that red card's getting revealed and you can't see the linesman at all during the whole time. So, you know, I trust Dylan's eyes on the field. It's just USL, you know, either another camera needed to be placed or something, but just sucks. <laughs> and I think typically at an orange County match, there's only usually about three cameras set up, maybe four, um, I've when I've wandered around, you don't see many cameras out there. So it's it, that right there. You, you know, you're not going to always have great camera angles. We don't have VAR. We don't have stuff like that going on in USL. But again, sometimes just it'd be nice to have that additional camera angle for a situation like this where you can maybe see what was happening on the whole field and not just a zoomed up section, which is all we basically got to see in that for the most part there. Um, before we move away from this match, uh, I want to get back to uh, Dylan and Alan really quick, just to get your overall thoughts on um, how this result impacts us going forward. I'll start with you, Dylan. Uh, is this a disappointing night for Orange County and what do they need to do heading into a midweek fixture against a team that's doing really well? I don't know if Dylan's there. There he is. I, I am. Oh, my God. I could not find the right tab. There's so much <laughs> stuff pulled up to talk about this game. I think it is a big disappointment. Um, but if you look at the stuff that happened this week with the club, I think it's actually somewhat of a decent result, especially if you look at how San Antonio just managed to get a, a massive, massive three points on the road against El Paso, who have been towards the top of the table for most of the season now. Um 
obviously that whole scoring thing needs to get worked out. And it, it, it really needed to get worked out a couple months ago at this point. Especially now, but if you look at the squad, we have one fit senior striker in Michael Seaton. Uh, Vinicius will have an operation later this week. Uh, Kevin Coleman is uh, picked up a bit of a tweaked hamstring. So Michael Seaton is the only person who can uh, truly play as, as a number nine, like a natural number nine in that in that position. Um, so, oh, and we got a 17-year-old goalkeeper, his first, uh, first shutout clean sheet of his career. So, if not, it was a victory, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got to take the little victories here. Um, you know, we didn't concede, uh, we didn't concede in the first 15 minutes or right around halftime or an extra time. Um, you know, Leonardo played well, and then the red card that he picked up was absolutely needed. You know, you, you drag that guy down, you take the red card, and whatever. We have a bunch of center backs. We can we can make it out, <laughs> and we all know that he's not your first choice uh, for center back, anyways, Dylan. So, well, not after the last few weeks, but I thought he actually played well this week. I wasn't even mad when he when he kicked out at Forbes. I was like, "Yep, nope you you have you have to do that." <laughs> um, yeah, you have to you have to save you have to make them earn that goal. I mean, I know some people will question it. it you, you, it's obvious you're fouling him to stop the goal, but in soccer, that's a play you make because uh, that's that's a, a play that you have available to you is take a red card for the team to stop a sure goal or what looks like a sure goal and make the team maybe work a little harder for it. Yeah. Uh, Alan, what about you uh, going forward? What do you think in this? Uh, it's a disappointing result because you need to win at home against teams that are either around you or, you know, in the playoff hunt, trying to get back into the playoffs. Um, yeah, I agree. Leonardo played well. There's like a great stand-up tackle that he made. Uh, the red card that he gets is not dirty. Um, he, he doesn't try to put studs into him. He just fouls him and gets enough of him for him to fall down, although he almost didn't. Um, gets enough <laughs> of him to, to stop the play, uh, but he's not trying to be dirty. He's not trying to injure the player or – hard crunching tackle to get the red card. Um, we keep saying this, we're in striking distance, if you will, of a, a play-in game. You know, we're three points back of OKC and New Mexico and Sacramento. Um, but a couple of those teams have games in hand. There's a couple of teams um, ahead of us that have games in hand, like Las Vegas. So it's one of those, like, we keep saying, like, we got to go. And it's not happening quite yet. It's not like killing us in the sense of possible sneaking into the playoffs. But if not, then then win because San Antonio or uh, San Antonio hasn't won the last five the way that Fresno and Reno uh, have, uh, and we're playing a really hot team coming up. Um, and the, like Dylan said, the guys you would assume we're going to get starts this week. Uh, and you were excited to see get starts and play well and continue to play well, uh, aren't there because, you know, an injury bug bites them and, you know, the next guy up and next guy up. And right now it's, it's hurting the no team. One. <laughs> yeah, it's hurting There's no the one team. available for Seton. And 
you know, you, you just got to hope that, you know, Christian Duke coming back is a shot in the arm. And it was great to see him on the pitch again. It was fantastic to see him on the pitch again. And you just got to hope that your guys that are on the pitch stay healthy. And, you know, you soccer's weird. Like, you can just have a great team and a bad team, and sometimes a bad team wins. Um, so not that Orange County is a bad team. So they might be able to sneak one out if things go their way. And But it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dylan, I, I know you, it sounded like you had one last thing you wanted to say about this match before we move on to looking ahead to the next match. No, I think Alan covered it well. You know, all these players at this point, including you, talked about it last night. Like if you're on the squad, you basically have to be ready in these in these 10 days. You're probably going to play at this point. Um, he said he's given an opportunity to basically everyone to try and to make a difference. And he said Kevin Coleman was doing that, a little bit of a hamstring thing. Didn't say how long he expected that to take. Didn't think it was too serious either. Um, but, you know, that just goes on with the luck thing. Is yeah, Basically everything that could go wrong luck-wise has gone <laughs> wrong this year and is continuing at this point. Yeah, that's totally what it's what's happened this season, which sort of sucks for Orange County and their fans. Um, but they have a chance to turn things around again. We keep saying that. And this time, though, it's against a pretty challenging opponent. Uh, that's why we, again, brought these two guests along that have been on our show a few times in the past. We enjoy having them on, so we want to hear what's going on. Uh, before we get to John and Brad to hear what's going on in Reno, want to let everyone or remind everyone that the Orange Black Soccer Cast is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Uh, so Roughneck Scarves, of course, you can get custom scarves for your team, supporter groups, and whatnot. Golden Gold Press, you can get some custom T-shirts and, and, and whatnot for those, those same groups. Uh, John, do you guys use Roughneck Scarves or Golden Gold Press for anything in the supporter groups or for team stuff? Do you know? Uh, I think for the supporter groups, uh, that that actually might be a better question for Brad. As for far Brad. as I know, I think we have. Like, uh, but I don't know about the brigade. Uh, Brad, give us some insight on that. I think you might know a little bit more about that than me. So I do know that the team does use roughneck scarves up here in Reno. Cannot give you anything about the brigade. I'm holding one of our scarves. It doesn't have any branding on it. So I think we go outside of Roughnecks. Go like gen generic scarfprinting.com or something like that. Uh, well, let's get this up. I'm going to go to you first, John. Uh, what's going on up in the Reno? You guys are having a good season. Oh, baby, we're winning. We're winning, and, and life, is, life is good, and life is happy. And, and uh, I mean, that's, that's the, the short bit of it. We've had injuries. We've lost uh, arguably our best player. But uh, we're treading on. We're 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 keeping on. Well, and like uh, Dylan there in the uh, video chat here, I'll go to you, Brad. What's it like to to win? Uh, well, I mean, naturally, it feels good. Uh, my voice is ruined because of it. Um, but yeah, like John said, it feels good to win. It feels good to win in spite of losing our best our best our best player to international duty and then during the international duty getting signed by an Albanian Super League team to play in the Europa League um, definitely is a good feeling the team looks good they are definitely fighting for each one of these wins a lot of these wins have required two goal comebacks just to even get points nevertheless win so so you lost uh, who you call your best player that was Brown correct yes and so let me ask you this was it a just a straight loss or was it a transfer or how did that all work out? So what happened was 
Brian Brown was called up uh, to the Jamaican national team, the Reggae Boys, for the Gold Cup. So we lost him in, I want to say, late April. I think that sounds about right. So he left in April for training and to compete with the team. And he has since gotten the eye of a couple of teams in Europe and signed as a transfer with uh, Partizani in Albania. All right. Did did was it a transfer or was it just a a free? It was you know, a transfer. A transfer. Yeah, so you guys got something for it. Uh, we haven't been disclosed of what we got for it, but yes, <laughs> there has been something. That must feel good. Um, there's been a bunch of fun talk on our end about a player that recently left that we were like wondering what happened. We'll get into that a little bit later. But we're here right now talking about Reno. Uh, John, um, what's been going right for Reno, and why why do you guys continue winning? You know, I, I think we were all really worried about Brian Brown's departure. Um, you know, he, he's a big guy, very aggressive. He, he definitely smells blood. And, uh, and so we were a little bit nervous about that. But as, you know, he started, he left, as Brad was saying, initially to play with Jamaica for the Gold Cup. And so uh, during that time, other players started filling in. Corey Herzog started getting hot just before Brian Brown left. And all of a sudden you're seeing these players who really, you know, kind of were, were, aren't really players that you think of when you think of scoring and all of a sudden they're scoring. And I'm talking like Sam Gleedel and Seth Kasipley has been on the score sheet a lot lately. Um, you know, guys, guys whose names you don't hear very much. And they since have kept the momentum going. And so that's why we haven't, miss brown as much as you know we thought we have because we've got you know reno's always had a lot of depth and these players are stepping up and filling in the uh the gap that that brian brown left i mean it's it's almost like brian brown was never even here that that's what this team's looking like and it's pretty it's really insane when you think about it but um yeah i i think that's that's really the core of uh of how Reno uh, stays Reno, you know, how they stay Reno. Uh, Brad, you, you, know? were in, <laughs> you were in Carson last night to watch Reno face uh, LA galaxy Two. Uh, give us a brief take on how that match went. Was it a, a quality match for Reno? Was it a lucky win for Reno? And how do you feel with the result there and how they played heading into the midweek match here in orange County? Yeah. So I'm going to rewind a little bit to this past Wednesday. Reno came from a, uh, two to zero goal deficit in Oklahoma City came back. Uh, Aiden Apodaca has what I hope will be the goal of the week. It was a chip of the keeper at the top of the top left of the box. Hundred percent, like amazing shot there. He's played up to the level that John was talking about. We've seen some Reno players score that don't usually score. I wanted just to throw out Aiden Apodaca's name because he has been on fire recently too. Um. At the Carson game, however, uh, as a fan, we were looking into the sun the first half, and the very first goal that was scored that game, uh, there was absolutely no celebration on the field from the players, and it took us in the stands about five to ten seconds to realize that a goal has been scored. Um, It was quite funny. We didn't really realize anything happened until the ball was put at the center of the field, and then we started celebrating. Um, But it was a quality win for Rita. The first goal was a little bit lucky for us, in the way that uh, 
uh, it was deflected off a player and it just kind of sneaked past the goalie. Uh, that was something that the goalie and uh, Lostos couldn't have stopped, never, just because of how wild that deflection was. It was going to the to his left side and it ended up going and squeaking into the right side of, of his net from him. Um, our second goal was a lot more quality. It was a header off a really, really, really perfect cross. And I think after those two uh, goals, one in the first, one in the second, we got quiet on offense and kind of sat back a little bit, which also let us get a little lucky. We had the ball go off the uh, the goalpost twice, once directly into our keeper's hands. The other harmlessly goes out of bounds. But Reno stepped up and took a second victory on the road. Uh, so right now, on a three-game road trip, we got two wins, and we're looking for a third on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. That's uh, that's all I'll say there. Uh, Dylan, do you have any uh, questions or thoughts for for John or Brad? Sam Gleedle, Reno's best player. Uh that's that's a tough that's a tough one. <laughs> um, he's very good. He's very fast. I like Brad and I, Brad, Matt and I have talked a million times about how often I've been surprised by the dude's speed. Um, he's, I would say, yeah, definitely right now. He's, he's probably top three. Um, definitely a guy that you guys need to worry about, but I think that everyone on that field is a guy that you guys should worry about. So um, I guess short answer, kind of, I'm kind of curious about what Brad has to say about that. I currently wouldn't say that Sam Gleedle is our best player. I would say he is in the best form right now for Reno. I think he's been one of the most consistent performers. If he's not on the score sheet, he's either making an assist or he's distributing the ball really well. Uh, I just think he's in extremely good form right now. Like This is his best play all season. And uh, before that, he wasn't even a mention for a Substitute in the game. Uh, follow-up question. Could we have Duke Lacroix back? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You can Just look at him, though. Just for a week. That'd be interesting. Just do like a week loan to Orange County. To face your own That'd be awesome. Loan. There we go, right? No, uh, no. That would not be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to you, Alan. Do you have any questions or any thoughts uh, for our friends up in Reno? Uh, um, can you bring like only half of your team? Cause that would be great. Like we need a home win. Just like help us out a little bit. You guys are already fine up there on the standings. So if you can talk some guys into like 90%, maybe turning the FIFA setting down on Reno a little bit. <laughs> Put great. The 50%, 50% speed or whatever. Yep. There's, there's too much. Don't think we can promise anything on that. <laughs> yeah, there's too much on the line for this game. Uh, my hair is too important. I've, I already told them they have to go 150%. Oh, look at that. Dilla, did you remind uh, Orange County that your hair is on the line, or is Brad no, uh, one-upping you there? You know, it, it's going to work out, but I'm already <laughs> mentally ready to shave my head if we're being honest. So, so for those of that- seasons have differed for us. So for those of you that have forgotten, it's a battle of the hairline here in this match. Uh, the hairline of Brad and Dylan are both on the line, depending on who wins between Orange County and Reno. Uh, the losing side, that podco- podcast host will have to 
shave their head, you know, buzz it. We're not going to get like a, a bick and actually do like a clean shave on that. But it'd be interesting to see one of these two gentlemen with little hair up on top of their head. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's, it's uh, Brad's ha hair that gets shaved in this result here just because Orange County really needs a win. I mean, we've been saying that now for the last month and a half that Orange County needs a win. Uh, and, and we need something out of them. And this, what, what better way to start a run than to get a win against Reno in front of 3000 kids and Brad has to get his hair shaved as well. <laughs> but I have to give Reno a lot of credit. What's crazy is there's, you know, Phoenix is going on this incredible historic run scoring tons of gold. They're gonna, probably going to break the gold record. Solomon Asante is probably going to break the scoring record, maybe even to break the assist record. And Reno's right there. It's crazy. I just look at the standings. I was like, what? I mean, Phoenix has had a game in hand. So, you know, Phoenix wins. There's six points. But you guys are right there. It's got to feel great with Phoenix going this great run. And they just can't quite pull away from you. And the same thing with, with Fresno. They can't, just, they can't quite pull away. And that's got to give you some really good hope. Uh, not only regular season, but also like, hey, if you face each other in the playoffs, I mean, it's not going to be a, a walkover. Well, you know, I think the crazy part is um, they they beat us three to zero. So I think you know the better the better the Reno is, the uh, the more I'm impressed with Phoenix. You know. Um, to be, I mean, to be fair, I, Reno kind of fell apart in the second half. In the first half, Reno played really, really good soccer, but still behind Phoenix by a goal. You know, um, still, I, it's just it is it is pretty crazy to think about. I never really thought about it until you just brought it up. So, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Phoenix does that to lots of teams. I mean, just look at you know Friday night's win. It was you know. A decent first half, and then just a slaughter the second half. Yeah, and I've seen them do that to teams time and time again. It was, it was, it's just. But which, which match are you talking about, Alan? Against that was against Austin, right? Austin, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game that put Austin's goal differential into the negative, even though they're I think fourth in the table with a <laughs> yeah. negative three goal differential, which is just ridiculous uh, when you think of it right there. Oh, um, any other, anyone have any other thoughts heading into this match uh, or about hair or, or anything? Feel free to, to – I think Dylan has something. Yeah, if you make it out to this game, um, bring some sunscreen and bring some water and eat beforehand. I think last year there wasn't um, any hospitality and there's probably not going to yeah. be booze on a Wednesday at 1 o'clock for 3,000 kids. Um, so – yeah, bring some water and bring some sunscreen. I think it's supposed to be like 90 degrees or something like that. Oh, that's um, it? Oh, okay. I was expecting yeah, like... Here like in the greatest place the way you were on the planet, we have nice weather. So. 70s and 80s year around typically. So once you get into the 90s, it starts getting crazy. And yeah, like Dylan said, a bunch of kids there. So there probably won't be beer. Um, and I think because all those kids bring their own sack lunches, they're not willing or I think I guess the the California pizza kitchen truck is not willing to come out and post up to get maybe a hundred dollars worth of sales at a match like this. So yeah, I like Dylan said plan for that. So I think uh, Brad, you're planning to come after the match, grab a bite to eat before you head into the stadium or get, get a few beers in you before you head in the stadium. They no don't, Lord. you guys are gross. 
they they don't uh the city of irvine doesn't allow tailgating in the in the parking lots and this is in a big park so there's not like a bar across the street like you guys have the uh the luxury of there up in reno so plan ahead plan smart uh and yeah there you go good good uh suggestion there uh dylan got you guys looking out for you you're my friends <laughs> uh well let's get into this then let's uh let's Let's predict what's going to happen in this match, and we're going to let our guests go first. I'm going to go to Brad first. Brad, what is your prediction score-wise and maybe the uh, key player to the match? All right. Well, my headphones seem to have died out on me. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, man, for me, I'm looking at 2-0 to Reno. I think our current run of form has been really good, and I think that you guys are honestly – limping into the match um and and i'm looking at i i'm not predicting who's scoring but uh player to watch out for reno we already talked about him uh sam gleedle is secretly making a storm for our team he is in really 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 good form and i'm just looking forward to that and yes i will be there and yes i do have my malort no i will not make you drink it <laughs> uh what about you uh who who do we oh yeah john what about you john oh yeah uh well this might surprise you guys but i'm uh i'm choosing reno to win and it's gonna be a three to one match and uh i think you guys are gonna have to keep an eye on somebody who you're uh clearly familiar with his name is duke lacroix all right do do we need to know why, or are you guys pretty pretty much know? Uh, if you want to share why, the fastest guy in the USL, <laughs> assist master, <laughs> he is the Duke, ladies and gentlemen. Former Orange uh, County player. Former Orange County player. Uh, let's yeah. go to Allen. What's your prediction for this match? Uh, I'm going to go with a since San Antonio was nil nil. I'm going to go with a two two draw. Uh, at home, I think uh, Orange County's only given up more than three goals. I think like three times this season. Uh, so even it's not necessarily our defense isn't porous. They just give up some set pieces from time to time. Uh, but in the run of play, they're they're actually they play pretty well. Um, and I think that uh, the uh, <laughs> Sorry, distracted by text. Threw Alan off. Early, my brain processing <laughs> so slow right now. Um, I, I think that you know Michael Seaton maybe gets over the hump and actually gets one uh, in again, um, and maybe Coleman's healthy. Oh, I don't know if Coleman's gonna be healthy enough for Wednesday if he wasn't healthy enough for Saturday, uh, but maybe uh, Quinny gets back on the board and we have a, a mirror image of the away game to start the mm. season in Reno, a two-two draw. Dylan, what about you? I can't get the most positive I could give you is an Orange County draw. Um, I think this is one of those games we actually have to set up really defensively and just try and beat him on the counter. Um, I don't think we can try and play an open, expansive game against this side. We are going to get obliterated if that happens. Um, but, you know, it talk, just even talking to the players the last few weeks, they never know who they're playing next. Uh, so they are, they are taking it one week out of time, um, and this is probably one they're going to realize they're going to have a pretty tough midweek challenge. But 
you know, they're still pros at the end of the day and they still know they got to show up. And sometimes when it's a really big match, they do show up and then maybe with it being a home match, they'll be able to. Um, but I think it'll probably be a slow start for both time or both teams because this is a weird kickoff time. And um, I'm hoping just for another goalless draw or maybe a 1-1. But that's my my optimistic view here, <laughs> uh, just based on, on how this how this season's going. Gosh, Alan, Jill, you guys are so positive on this on the outcome of this match there. Uh, someone's got to be positive for Orange County. I'm going to take that role. I'm going to say 1-0 Orange County. Uh, Aaron Cervantes is going to have a few amazing saves. He's going to uh, try and recreate his save of the week op- uh, opportunities he's already had this season, and he's going to do it big against Reno, and he's going to save Dylan's hair uh, in this match, and Brad's going to have to shave it off, uh, and we will love to see those images uh, when that time comes, the end of the day there on Wednesday. So I'm going to say 1-0 Orange County in the home match because someone has to be positive on our, on our end. We can all say that it's going to be a draw or a loss for um, Orange County. Uh, any last thoughts, uh, John, Brad, any last words or anything you want to share with our listeners uh, before we move on from this Reno match? Um, shall we uh, bring back the logo challenge? Oh, look at you want to throw up the ante <laughs> here on that. Oh, well, man. I feel like we might as well. I mean, I'm telling you guys, your your logo will look fly in, in blue and gold. Yeah, if I remember that, uh, you were pretty confident in a 1-0 win for Orange <laughs> County. This is like free money for you then. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, let's do it. I don't care. Let's do it. We'll do the logo right. challenge. So the logo challenge, the the losing side has to change their logo colors to match the winning side's logo colors. So the Reno logo will be orange, black, and white in a few days here, which will be awesome. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on then really quick. A couple roster things to talk about on Orange County's end. Uh, I don't know if, John, Brad, if you were sort of following us through all this fun stuff going on, but in the middle of last week here, uh, Patrick McLean was, uh, or it was on Friday, the club officially announced Patrick McLean and the club uh, mutually parted ways, which that tends to be the wording for any time a player leaves the club midseason. Happened with Nensel Selbo last season. It happened with uh, Oscar Sordo last season. It happened, I think, earlier this season with um, a name I can't remember. Uh, Dylan or Alan, if you can help me out on that name. Charlie Adams. Charlie Adams, yes. So uh, there was a bunch of rumors uh, spreading around the internet. Uh, we sort of f- jumped on those rumors. Dylan did. He he did a good job of writing up and following what was going on with this. Uh, so on Wednesday, there was a tweet that was sent out by, I believe the gentleman's name was Eli Lasser or Lesser, um, that Patrick McLean had left the club, even though we hadn't heard anything yet. So Dylan, myself, uh, we were sort of reaching out to the club to – other people try and get out. I reached out. I, I sent out a message in Twitter and Instagram to Patrick McLean himself to see if I could get a, any kind of confirmation of what was going on because it was a total rumor. Ends up, uh, we, we dropped an article on Thursday about the rumor, and then on Friday the club officially announces it. So we officially now know that Patrick McLean is gone, which means barring any additional moves by the club, Aaron Cervantes is the new number one for the season, which I guess the way the season is going, why not? throw out your 17 year old and just let him learn on the fly and grow on the fly and develop on the fly there uh, when you're struggling this season. I don't know if, it, if, uh, if they don't bring in another goalkeeper, if that sort of lets us know the club's thoughts on how the season's going to go as far as what they're aiming for, maybe more developing more for next season. We'll see. 
Aaron Savage has been a pretty good goalie for the team out there. Uh, sort of a sad to see McLean leave and wish him best of luck in the future. But yeah. Um, any thoughts on that Dylan or Alan? Yeah. I mean, you just got to wish him well. Uh, it seemed like it was kind of, it was a mutual decision in the end. Um, and sometimes those things happen. Um, Aaron Cervantes is a heck of a goalkeeper for 17 even. Uh, there's been a few little little things here and there, but he's a, a he's a solid goalkeeper. Um, and you know you you uh, you want to see him develop on the team and, and grow, uh, especially as a you know you know the U.S. soccer fan with him being called up the U17s, and you know maybe Orange County gives him a chance to develop and it ends up furthering his international career as well. And that would be great for him. Um, I've seen Mc, uh, McLean do some cool stuff. Uh, on and off the, the pitch, uh, even in Phoenix, uh, there was the, that moment of him giving away his goalkeeper clubs uh, to some Phoenix kids that were amazingly excited. So even after a bad game, he's still thinking about how to grow the game um, and how to engage the fans. And he was, it just seemed like a really solid dude. And, you know, we're, we're going to miss seeing him around. But uh, he, he had to do what he felt was best for him and his career. And his and uh, you do wish him the best. Yeah, definitely. Um, sad to see him gone. Hopefully, uh, Aaron Cervantes is is ready for this role as maybe the the now true number one starter for this team. Uh, other roster things going on. I know uh, there's been some sightings of Chris Cortez at some trainings for Orange County recently. Uh, for those of you that don't know, you can go head out to the Great Park and see the club training because they just train out there on the uh, on the pitch where people can see what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's that's been seen out there. Uh, on the pitch, uh, on the training pitch, I, I believe. So we'll see. Maybe we'll hear something uh, about that uh, coming up. I know, Dylan, you're saying, oh, no, on our on our video chat. So I don't know what that is representing. Dylan's just going to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't uh, address what was said, then, then it didn't happen. Then it didn't happen? <laughs> uh, come on, Dylan. Um. Yeah, I think a few people have now seen him. Uh, that explains the the massive person I saw at training this past okay. week. But uh, yeah. I don't know if there's any sort of a deal being worked out at this point because uh, he's coming off of a, a really long year and a half playing, and he was in Phoenix on Friday night. So yeah. I, I would argue so, probably nothing nothing just yet. Um, he plays a really similar role to, to Michael C. and just a really strong center forward um well and you talked about though earlier that there's now a lack of depth there so that's where maybe if there is something that works that'd be awesome again this is just total speculation he's been seen at training um, but we've seen this in the past because honda's been at training in the past and other players have been at training that are just out there to get a workout they might be from the local the uh, local area or they just might have a connection with the team somehow some way so um, either a past player or whatnot. So I'm not trying to say it's happening. So anyone listening, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there has been some sightings of him at training by some people that follow the club. Uh, if 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 there's something in the works, that'd be amazing. If not, you know, awesome to see him just out there with the club and getting some work in. So don't mean to like throw you on the spot there, Dylan, and say, hey, something's oh, yeah. happening or it's like that. But nah, I just wanted to put it out there because, you know, it's it's been a sighting. It's been seen. We don't need another transfer. <laughs> I think I'm not 
<laughs> uh, we're not we're not going article on that. We're just saying what what, what has been seen at, at training is a sighting of Chris Cortez. Um, let's do this. I, I think because it's an early Sunday morning, I think a lot of us got things to do. I don't want to drag this on. We're going to make this a little bit shorter than normal episode. So let's just move right into uh, our our final random thoughts of the week here coming up. And I'm going to start off with John. I'm going to let you go first with our random thought of the episode. All right. Um, random thought. So this past week, I've been upgrading my computer, my PC. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm a big gamer. And uh, and so I've been upgrading my PC and it's been an awful, it's been a really awful experience. I almost just let out like two expletives just now, actually. So uh, yeah, just prepare to, whenever you upgrade anything on your computer, just prepare to spend a, a butt ton of money and a butt ton of time. Because I've done both. And that's it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what about you, uh, Brad? Random thought. All right. So I got a statement followed by random thought. I think you guys are going to have more luck against Sacramento on Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, personal statement aside, uh, they aren't as good as we are. So, uh, but my random thought, my true random thought of the week is the new Lion King. If you are thinking about you know, well, this is going to be really similar to the original. I have no reason to go. You got to go. It is actually very, very, very well done. Um, they break the wall, the fourth wall, a ton of times. Uh, they update a lot of scenes. It's longer than the original, and it's it's absolutely stunningly beautiful too. So I take it you've already seen it then. Yeah, I went and saw it yesterday at eight a.m. So it was great. Awesome. Like Okay. <laughs> Alan, what about you? Um, random thought is it's early on a Sunday morning and it's great to be talking about soccer. Um, Cause I'm about to go sit in meetings and then fly home. Uh, but um, I don't really have a random thought today. My random thought is enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Awesome. Perfect. Dylan, what, uh, what literature are you going to shove down our eyes and ears this week? Oh, yes. Well, it's a shorter week, but you're not getting <laughs> off um, any easier. I'm actually recommending Walden and other things. Um, I think it's actually a great. You don't have to read all of it at once. I think you can work your way through it really slowly, and I think that's how it's best done as well. Um, pick up a lot of little things, and everyone loves some uplifting self-reliance um and thoughts about that so especially in a in a time like this for our season sometimes it's nice to escape the crushing reality of the 2019 usl season with a book or a story what are you talking about it's going just fine you're right it's going (laughs) just fine um other than that i think we failed to mention that aaron cervantes won save of the week for his face slash left hand save against Austin <laughs> following deflection, but I mean, if if that's not enough, um, and if if the way he's matured in goal this season isn't enough to give him the number one, I don't know what is um, based on how this season's going. So I look forward to seeing what he can do the rest of the season. Um, didn't ask Cloutier or anyone if we were looking to get another goalkeeper, but I think just with how things are going. Just give it to Aaron. Cervantes, yeah. Yeah, he's young and, and hungry and, and deserves it, I think. 
Uh, random thought for me, uh, ICC in action. Uh, there was a great match this morning. I only got to watch half of it. I'm not going right. to mention the team that was playing, but I'm excited real. for upcoming <laughs> season. But it means the season's that much closer to to coming uh, for the European soccer. Uh, for a matter of time, let's go ahead and uh, wrap things up really quick. John, social media, where can we find you? You can find me at John MacLuso on pretty much anything. And then also definitely follow 1868 Weekly on Twitter. Brad, what about you? You can find me mostly on Reddit at you slash pal on the sky. Uh, Alan. A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Dylan. You can find me on Twitter at OCSE underscore Dylan. Or you can find me on Reddit um, slash you slash OCSE underscore Dylan. Perfect. And you can find the Orange Black Soccer Cast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, wherever you want to find us at. On Twitter, it's OCSC underscore uh, SoccerCast. Uh, on Inst- on um, Facebook, just look up Orange and Black SoccerCast. Find us. You can follow me on Twitter D- at DJ Ray Samora. Um, and yeah, that is it. Uh, I want to thank our guests, John and Brad, for joining us. As always, Dylan Allen, love talking soccer with you each and every week. Uh, for those of you listen continuously, thanks for continuing to do so. For those of you listening for maybe the first or second time, Welcome back, and hopefully you'll keep listening and hearing more of what we have to say. Find us on our website, ocscpodcast.com. For John, for Brad, for Alan, and for Dylan, I am Ray. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, and we are out. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Goal Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoalpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to the MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.